In our busy world, family time frequently gets neglected. It is vital that we give attention to our families while we can, and it is especially important to give attention to what God says in His Word about our homes. For the next few minutes, let's join Scott Pauley as we open the Scriptures and find God's message for your family. Have you ever noticed that the great faith chapter of the Bible, the Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, has a tremendous emphasis on family? Now, we alluded to it already when we talked about Abraham and Sarah, but go with me to Hebrews 11 today. Let me show you an interesting uh, common thread that is woven throughout. It begins in Hebrews 11, verse number 7, with Noah. Remember, Noah was warned of God of things not seen as yet. He moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Okay? What was the first thing Noah did when he came off the ark? First thing he did, he built an altar. He taught his sons to worship God, to pray. When you come to verse number 9, you have Abraham, sojourning in the land of promise, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. Well, what did Abraham do? Everywhere he went, he built an altar. And then you come down to verse number 20. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Isaac had to learn to repair the altars that his father had built. And then you come to this verse, Hebrews 11, verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. We don't talk a great deal about Jacob, but this verse is powerful. Do you know what Jacob is doing in Hebrews 11, verse number 21? He is teaching the next generation. In fact, two generations beyond his grandsons. He's teaching the generations to come what it means to worship God and pray. In fact, I believe that Hebrews 11 is a wonderful reminder of our need to have a family altar, a place where we pray with our families and where we teach our families to seek the Lord by example. We need a revival of the family altar. In fact, if you hold in your right hand Hebrews chapter number 11 and in your left hand go back to the book of Genesis. We spent a long time in Genesis, didn't we, in this series? But there's an amazing chapter in Genesis chapter number 35 uh, where Jacob meets with God. Jacob, uh, the Bible says in Genesis 35, 1, God said to him, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. And so Jacob does exactly what God tells him to do. He builds an altar. He leads his family to worship God. It is one of the first occasions that we have here where Jacob is guiding his family to seek the Lord. Norman Williams said the greatest Bible institute in the world is a father reading the open Bible to his family. Oh, I love that. The greatest thing you can do with your family is lead them into the presence of God. Teach them to seek the Lord. Matthew Henry was famous for saying that wherever man has a tent, God should have an altar. He meant by that that wherever you're living, that ought to be a place of worship. If the only worship your family ever gets is the family or the worship they get on the Lord's Day, then we're not teaching them that worship is not something we just do occasionally. It's a way of life. Worship is not reserved for corporate worship. There's to be perfect, personal, family worship every day, seeking the Lord. 
That's what Jacob was doing in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. So almost like bookends on his life. You have him beginning with the altar in Genesis 35, and now you have him ending the same way. Look at the verse again. Hebrews 11, verse 21, By faith Jacob, when he was a-dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Notice three things he did as he died. Number one, he died believing. I like that, don't you? By faith, Jacob. How do you end in faith? Live in faith. <laughs> the just shall live by his faith. You want to die in faith? Live in faith. Keep believing the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Then the Bible says he blessed both the sons of Joseph. So he not only died believing, he died blessing. Uh, what will you leave behind? Money? That's not the great blessing. No, truth is the great blessing. A testimony of faith in God, that's the great blessing. When you leave this world, some things are not going to matter, friends, and other things are going to matter much. And one of those is that you leave behind a spiritual blessing for those who are following in your steps. But notice the third thing he did. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. He not only died believing and blessing, he died worshiping and praying. Do you see it? I read this for years and missed it. What does it mean leaning upon the top of his staff? Why is that significant? We know he's an old man. We know he's about to die. Somebody said, oh, that's just a testimony of his physical weakness. That's just to show you how frail he was. No, I don't think so. As a matter of fact, the staff was very important in Jacob's life. If you go all the way back to the beginning of his story, I think it's Genesis chapter number 32, he's worshiping God for God's goodness to him. And he gives this testimony. He said, when I came across this Jordan the first time, I came across with nothing but my staff. And now when I've returned, the Lord has made me two bands. In other words, I had nothing but this staff, but God has taken a whole lot of nothing and done something amazing with it. He has blessed me more than I ever imagined. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe leaning on that staff, worshiping God, head bowed before God, that staff was a reminder to him that he was nothing and God was everything, that every good thing in his life had come from Almighty God. Uh, Jacob, if you remember early on, was the schemer, the conniver, the deceiver. But it doesn't end that way. Thank God that's not his lasting legacy. No, God changed Jacob, the schemer, to Israel, the prince with God. He learned to pray. He learned to worship. This is, this is not a testimony of just how evil he was. It's a testimony of how good God is. Uh, at the end, he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about his God. I'm going to tell you how we're all going to end. We're all going to end in worship. I know that because Philippians 2 says, Someday every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so if eventually we're all going to end in worship, don't you think it might be good if we got some practice now? Don't you think it might be good if perhaps we went back to establishing a time of prayer and seeking God ourselves every day, and then teach our children to do the same. Set a time and place. Open the Bible. A time when you're not rushed. Read the Scriptures together. Turn off media for a little while. Have a place where you can just be quiet and be still before God. Teach your children to love the Scriptures. Pray with them. Pray for them. Let them hear you call their name. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to pray for others. You know, the truth is most of us never develop a good family altar because we haven't really developed our own personal altar. Start with your own personal altar, seeking God every day. 
And then out of that, share that with your family. Bring your family into a place of real worship and seeking God. Let's have a real, old-fashioned, heaven-sent, sin-killing, devil-defeating, God-glorifying revival of the family altar, household worship, people seeking the Lord together. Now, the only house of God is not the, the house where you assemble with your church family. No, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost of God, and your house should be a place of real worship. Your house should be a house of prayer, and that should be something all of us are leaving behind for our children. I hope it won't be on your deathbed that you institute this, and I hope it will be now uh, with your family, whatever stage, whatever age, begin where you are, do the best you can, and let's leave behind a testimony, a legacy of faith in God. Even the concept of the family altar seems very old-fashioned, but I want you to know we need a revival of it if we're going to see a mighty move of God in our generation. May the Lord teach us to pray, and may God help us to teach the next generation. We hope that you will spend some time talking with your family today about these truths from God's Word and spend time praying for each member of your family. You may find additional podcasts, helpful articles, full-length Bible messages, and other resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Until next time, may God bless you and your family.